This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 a ticket veteran and Creed Stan Jake Bakoven. I love that band, Creed. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. We are happy to have you with us for another week of fantastic sports coverage here on the block on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Bakuin, and we are awaiting Eric Strickland as he settles in from wherever he may be. He's got a travel day as he heads down to NBA Summer League. I believe it will be in Vegas. They have uh, several different destinations, different host sites for Summer League, and I believe that uh, Strick will be down there for the Vegas portion of that. So we'll be excited. Uh, Maybe have him, uh, you know, I don't know what it'll be, maybe in front of some casinos or on the basketball court there. Uh, I'm excited to see when he joins uh, what will be the case there. Uh, Plenty to break down today, so we'll we'll check in on some of the Husker connections in NBA Summer League. Guys like Delano Banton and Bryce McGowans have played a few games and stood out in a few games. Um, Dry Horn, Teddy Allen, Trey McGowans, uh, some of the other get- connections that are there uh, in uh, in Vegas and getting ready to go for NBA Summer League. Uh, we also have Steve Sipple joining us about 525. Of course, shootout it was strict as usual. Um, but uh, right now we're pleased to be joined by our man St- uh, Eric Strickland out there uh, in Vegas, I believe. Can you hear us, Strick? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you too. Are you are you in Vegas yet? Or are you are you? Is this the no, travel day? I'm actually uh, going to be boarding a plane quite shortly. Okay. So yeah, it's it's coming up. Um, right now, I am not. Um, I'm in my still in my place. Okay. Uh, tied up right now, but uh, I'll be heading out probably within an hour heading to the airport. That that'll be very fun. I I can imagine. Um, are you? Or can we do shootout with Strick? Will you have time to do shootout with Strick oh, still? Yeah. Oh yeah, just uh, yeah, just double checking. But I'll, I'll knock it out before I get out of here. Yeah, very cool. So as usually, get your chance to win fifteen dollars to Buffalo Wings and Rings later in the show. Uh, if you want to, uh, give that a shot. Strick was undefeated last week, so he's going to try to continue that moving along. Um, uh, I wanted to get to this uh, Strick. It was kind of the, I guess the the the. Talk on Twitter, I suppose, of the weekend for Nebraska football uh, was the quarterback position. Uh, like I said, Steve Sipple will be with us of on three later today, about 525, uh, to talk a little bit about this. But he wrote an article kind of catching up to some guys that maybe are overlooked on offense, including Case, uh, excuse, including uh, Chubba Purdy uh, at the quarterback position, as well as Gabe Irvin at the running back position. Of course, injuries uh, kind of hurting Gabe Irvin last year. And so, you know, it's just a, it's a it's a stacked room at the running backs. Not much uh, to be worried about there. But at quarterback was was really where the conversation took off because uh, it was just quoted. Chubba Purdy was of saying, "Hopefully it's a fair competition, and whoever competes and does the best gets the job." It's kind of funny how reporters or just fans in general run away if you say a word slightly different than what they feel like probably should be said. I think just because he said, "Hopefully it's a fair competition." Um, 
that kind of started getting things moving on Twitter for people and in, in, in the Huskerverse, you know, on, on message boards and stuff like that, um, to get talking about whether this job should be kind of a complete competition, or maybe should it be handed to Casey Thompson? There's people bringing up the the Joe Gans Sam Keller uh, quarterback battle back in 2007, where. Sam Keller was scout team MVP and at one time very briefly, but a Heisman hopeful, you know, maybe for a half as he almost beat USC. It was basically the Alabama of that day. They ended up losing that game and things went uh, awry for him. Rudy Carpenter took the job. He transfers to Nebraska. But again, when scout team MVP, Joe Gans, kind of a two-star recruit that they just kind of throw in um, as a good backup. But they, the, the stories going back to that year is that Joe Gans basically looked better in fall camp. Um, a lot of the players kind of felt like he should have won that starting job, but they went with Sam Keller and you're in a similar situation here where, you know, Chubba Purdy fall camp hasn't started. I mean, you could be in a similar situation. I should say where Casey Thompson, the guy that's brought in has so much experience has already thrown, you know, has multiple five plus touchdown games uh, at the power five level. And just so he, I mean, he brings all that within him, the presumed starter and then, Casey Thompson, uh, you know, probably will get the nod, but then should Chubba Purdy be in the in the conversation? If he has a better camp, should he be in that conversation? That's what I, I want to bring in you, Strick, and, and kind of ask you because you know the situation as it is, uh, as is the case. I kind of feel like when we talk about a hopefully having a fair competition, I don't think that means starting off 50-50 as, in terms of snap. I think that Casey Thompson has earned that and that if Chubba Purdy wants to include himself in the conversation, he's going to have to do it as a little bit of the underdog role with less snaps. Really impress and do better, like much better than Casey Thompson to get the starting nod. What say you? Yeah, I, I would. Uh, I can envision it being the same way. I think that when um, it's pretty much that this is Whipple, and, and Whipple's really pretty much laid down the the law as to how it looks based in his eyes, based on maybe grading. We don't know specifically the details on why uh, Whipple got to the version of what he said in a statement that this is my guy, basically. Mm-hmm. Casey Thompson is, is, is the guy. Um, this was even, uh, I want to say it was either just before spring or right after it was, I yeah. can't remember it was before exactly spring. when made that statement. Yeah. It was just before spring, right? Yeah. And so that then lays it down to say that anybody that wants to challenge, it would be no different than, you know, when you're boxing up the ranks, right? Um, the champion is the champion, you know, and UFC Adesanya is the champion in, in his weight class and so forth and so on. And when, uh, others up there, Bud Crawford, for example, out of Omaha is the champion. And then now there's a challenger. Um, then there's things to be worked out, kinks to be worked out. But you know going in that this is who the guy is, right? And you have to, as you stated, do more things. It would be no different than me as Strick uh, having a point guard um, that I'm the second guard in, uh, in, in the system. Uh, I'm not going to get as many minutes as that guy. But if I can show that I'm more productive in the minutes that I get, and then they equate those to total minutes, then they can make a decision again, right? If I'm I'm averaging 15 points in 22 minutes and five rebounds with four assists, they have metrics that they can then span that out. So then you have to be able – and he's playing 36 minutes and he's only averaging 15 points, seven assists – 
then you can start to equate, well, shoot, maybe if we gave him a little bit more minutes, that's where you're going to have to do it. And, and unfortunately, that's that's pretty much the way they got to look at it there at Nebraska. They're going to have to look at it from that standpoint. Casey Thompson is the guy. When you get opportunity, and I venture to say that they will, here's why. If they do what they're supposed to do against Northwestern, it should be a blowout. There's right. Casey Thompson should get some, get some time. The next two games, unless you're garbage and the coaching staff don't need to be there and you lose <laughs> these games, these next two games should be a blowout. There's an opportunity to basically show and prove what you can do with specific quarter that you're given or with specific minutes or with specific snaps or whatever the case may be in that instance. That's your opportunity, and it's got to be perfection. It's got to be to a point where you're seeing a crack in this door, right? And are you going to allow the door to shut on you, or are you going to kick that sucker in, right? That's the that's the mode that Smothers and, and Purdy are going to find themselves in. There's going to be a crack in the door. What are you going to do with the crack? Are you going to allow him to shut the door on you, or are you going to allow to kick that thing open and make an opportunity for yourself? Yeah, and I think that there's, you know, many ways for them to get minutes. I mean, we talk about the injury history that Casey Thompson has. Yes, it's a thumb injury, um, but, you know, that that sort of stuff can kind of spark back up. He was basically playing musical chairs at times. Yeah, started a lot of the games, but was pulled early for Hudson Card at Texas. Um, you know, it's, it's easy just to look at the experience factor and say, okay, Casey Thompson is miles ahead of these guys. But I don't know if that's completely the case. I, I You know, I, I think that they did get a start out of the portal um, for that very reason. It's like you have to win now. You need a guy that you can trust, and you need a, you'd love to go in with somebody that has a little bit of experience. So I do think that they went and got their starter out of the portal. Yeah. I think that he's yeah. going to start, um, barring in any sort of unforeseen, like absolute getting outplayed in fall yeah. camp and those guys slowly taking over. But I do – I mean, I would, I would be – willing to bet quite a bit of money that those guys are going to be needed, not just in mop-up duty, but in, in significant minutes. I mean, Casey Thompson, like I said, has a bit of an injury history. The offensive line is uh, hopefully improves, but is susceptible if they're going to be passing the ball a lot to getting him a lot of big hits. And then there's the other thing, just game plans. And and, and I know sometimes you're getting stuck in this, this idea or this world of like, if this guy gets pulled, then it's the end and the next guy's going to be the starter. Sometimes it's beneficial just to take a guy that's struggling, put him on the sideline for a series or two so he can calm down, breathe, see what's going on. Uh, and unless that other guy, again, takes over and is doing amazing things, then you're likely going to go with your most talented and most veteran quarterback um, maybe the next game or maybe just a, a series or two. But the, the thing that I really could envision happening is, it, it, you know, and it, it, it's, it's, not a, it's not a great thing to envision, but the offense stalling. If they're predominantly a, a passing uh, offense under Casey Thompson, or at least that's what he brings to the table, and he can scramble, but you don't want him taking too many hits. If they have a, a tough game against, you know, you got a lot of tough defenses, Wisconsin, Minnesota, um, Iowa, Michigan, Oklahoma, you know, a lot of these defenses, there's, there's, there's bound to be a game or two where you're struggling getting the running game going up the middle, and you don't have time 
to, to, to pass protect, and he's getting lit up back there. You might need a guy that you can call an offense similar to what you had last year, a, a Logan Smothers who took a lot of hits, probably not a sustainable game plan. I don't know if you'd want to do that with the guy that in Casey Thompson that you're going to trust when the offense is flowing. Maybe you have packages for, for Logan there or Chubba Purdy, who's a bigger guy, just to introduce the quarterback run with a guy that can take those hits it might be it might sound strange, but I, I feel more comfortable with those guys doing it than Casey. And I want Casey healthy uh, and not taking those hits for for when he's out there. I don't know that that could be a difficult situation where you're you're dealing with confidence here and there. Um, but it's not like Casey hasn't dealt with this before. Again, routinely being pulled and and, and pushed and and put in different directions and, and just you know swapping playing time with Hudson Card last year. I could see I I could see it happening in a lot of different ways as well. Um... I can envision even Whipple having a sit down with Casey Thompson and having discussions about the fact that you're getting two quarters um, and they have what they call KPIs, um, which is, um, you know, you know, the way that a person works in that specific, um, you know, area that they're needing to to meet goals, whatever. Right. Or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Right. Um, so they can set these specific goals, so to speak. All right. They're going to know how many run plays they're going to get, how many pass plays they're going to get. Here's where we want your percentage to be in these two quarters that we know you're going to have. Here's what um, um, your production has to be. We want you to average over a certain amount per, per uh, catch based on these certain plays. There's all these things that they can set, right? If you come short of that, we're going to in the third quarter, not in the beginning of the third quarter, but at some point in the third quarter, we're going to give the, the number two man a shot and see what, what they do for uh they're gonna get they're gonna get four uh four play sequences, right? Or three play sequences if it works out in the quarter. Um and then depending on what happens, we'll come back to you in the fourth quarter and see if we can agree. They can have those discussions. And and that way it sets the parameters of how they're going to deal with the quarterback situation so that there's understanding and you can't be frustrated. So if I'm if I'm Whipple and I'm the coaching staff, don't, that would be the discussions that I'm having if I have plans to be able to use and utilize the other assets that I have on the team. That's kind of the way that I would do it. I would prepare it with some way to where he can see that if he doesn't come short of that or if he comes short, but it also challenges him to do beyond what those metrics are. So that way, um, then it also says to the other quarterbacks, yo, he's balling, keep rolling. You know what I mean? I, yeah. Anybody that's out there to include and change the sport in basketball. If I was a starter and a guy came in, you know, like shoot at the time, I think I was starting and Steve was coming off the bench, Steve Nash. If Steve was hot or Robert Pack was rolling and they're dropping dimes and the team is flowing, man, I'm sitting back. I'm the biggest cheerleader. Let's roll until it stagnates, right? That's that's the way it's probably got to be. And that's the way you've got to prepare your staff and your, your quarterbacks or your running backs or your receivers that we're going with the hot number. And that's that's just how we're going to – we've got to win. And if you're, you're not cold, it's okay. Take a seat. You're going to get another opportunity. We're going to bring you back. But let's see what these cats can do. 
Yeah, I, I, I think that that everybody's gonna, you know, you're you're not gonna keep talent off the field if it's if it's working well in practice. So I mean, I, I think if if these guys uh, play well in practice, take advantage of the limited snaps that they have. Maybe you grow to get a few more until they maybe, like you said, have a package for you. Um, certainly, there could be a goal line type of quarterback. They used a lot, uh, or, 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 or used a lot of Adrian Martinez's kind of frame and running uh, prowess in the red zone. Now, of course, they didn't have the best red zone offense the last couple of years, but as the field shrinks and Casey Thompson's strength of passing um, gets a little bit, you know, tighter windows down there, maybe you want a different threat. I don't exactly uh, predict that to happen, but that could be something that, that could be in the play, you know, for these backups as well. Um, but overall, it's just kind of interesting. Let's get to the text line and what you guys have to say. Froth says, Buck, why don't we plan on not having a quarterback get hit as much? Um, yeah, that, I mean, I'm, surely that's the plan. Uh, but sometimes you're just outmatched. And Nebraska's defense, like, I would love the world where the pipeline, you know, offensive line comes back and Nebraska can run up the middle. And that is the plan. The plan is uh, changed from Scott Frost's offense. It's not so much quarterback run heavy. So they are going to take less hits. But again, I see a limited amount of, you know, play calling that you can do if your running game doesn't get going and gets a stout Big Ten defense up the middle and you're having trouble pass protecting. There's limited things you can do. You need almost like a quarterback threat that can take hits there, you know, because there's a lot of complaints about all the quarterback draws and all that stuff that you ran under Martinez. Well, that was at a time when they didn't have pass protection or guys getting open downfield, and they weren't getting the traditional run game going. You're limited in your play in your play calling abilities there. So, I mean, I think that there's going to be games where that happens, um, and then there's just other times where, you know, you can have a really – I mean – Nick Gates is a perfect example from years back when he was a tackle at Nebraska. He's a he's a bona fide starter in the league. Now he had you know broke his leg last year, and uh, of course you know all, all the best wishes to him coming back. But uh, without that injury, it was going to be a longtime starter on the offensive line in the league. Yet when he went up against Derek Barnett in that bowl game, he was just outmatched. He, they, they didn't you know at times you're going to be outmatched even if you do improve that offensive line. I I I, I, I guess would happen with the the amount of difficulty and the the in the great defenses that they're going to see in the Big Ten. So it's not just, you know, yes, things are going, you're going to have a different plan, but you've got to have a plan for when your plan's not going, right? You have to have a plan B. And I think many times that's kind of hurt Scott Frost over the years, and especially with their offense, obviously, was, you know, we're going, you know, we're going to do it this way and the Big Ten's going to have to adjust. That's the, the you know, the, the comment that's always going to kind of sting in Scott Frost's side, but that's how they coached, and and, and I don't think there was a, a plan B enough. I hope that there's um, not just this idea that our offensive plan is the way it's going to be and we're going to run it until it works. You got to be able to adjust to what's going out there on the field. There might be a, a mismatch. There might be, uh, you know, you know, there might be things that you just can't take advantage of. Maybe you rely on the defense more that day. I thought, you know, the Oklahoma game last year, they did that. Maybe not trying so many crazy things offensively. A shot or two downfield, it worked, um, and and got them back into that game. But it wasn't like stressing so much and, and trying to run Scott Frost's original idea, and that's what kept them in that Oklahoma game. Hopefully, they have the defense for that. Um, this upcoming season, but uh, you know, there's just there's just a myriad of ways that a backup quarterback is probably going to see the field this year, and that's where I feel good. And I said this at the end of of uh, the, the happy hour is if 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 Logan truly is your your third, and we don't know, maybe Logan could win this job, maybe he could be the second guy, but if Chuba jumps Logan and. Uh, obviously, Casey's uh, number one or whatever. That's the that's the pre- presumed order, I think, from a lot of people. We'll see how it plays out. But if that is the case, 
you have three quarterbacks I think that you can win a lot of Big Ten games in with. And that's kind of crazy considering how, you know, you went 3-9 and nine last year with Adrian Martinez. But we saw Logan Smothers all but lead you to a victory against Iowa who won the West Division last year. Didn't quite happen, right? You need the, that guy to get over the push. But I, I'm not looking at Logan Smothers. That was not a game plan that that was probably something that they could run every game. Don't get me wrong. But in spot play, Logan can win you games here in the Big Ten. Are you? Is that what? I, was that the question? Well, do, are do you, you asking me? I'm that, asking you. Do, I mean, overall quarterback depth. Just kind of thinking about it. Yes, you don't have okay. like a longtime starter that's proven in the scarlet and cream. Right. Adrian Martinez left the door that and, and there were plenty of problems with that relationship. I right. get it. But as far as stocking that room, I think that, I mean, if Logan Smothers truly is the third quarterback in that room okay. and maybe he's not, maybe he's two, maybe Chubb's got a way to go, okay. but you know, Casey Thompson's already a bit proven. I just think that you have a myriad of options there to get this offense rolling one way or the other. Um, and so okay. I wouldn't be so, I wouldn't be so like, I wouldn't wait to do that, right? I wouldn't like sit and, and be so loyal to one guy if he's really struggling. If I feel like I have depth on the roster that can that can win some games. No, this is that's what I was talking about and alluding to is that you're really your schedule is aligns perfectly for the opportunity to be able to give those um shots to those individuals in that quarterback room. It's aligned perfectly. I mean, you're coming off. You've got Northwestern, great coach, could throw some wrinkles at you, throw some things at you, cause you to kind of get a little rattled where it gives you an opportunity to come down, see what the next guy is going to be able to do. If he was able to observe, watch what, you know, uh, that's what I would be training them. Make sure they're observing what's going on on the field. They're watching. They're in the communications with what's going on upstairs. All of those things. So that when they're ready to come in, they're already understanding what they're trying to do. Some of their bitch plat- uh, blitz packages, where they're coming from. Are they coming off the corners? Are they mixing up their coverages? Are there, you know, just all the different things that they're doing, you can watch from and observe from the side so that when you come in, you're able to then either make audible calls or you're then able to uh, read and respond out of the, the, the different routes that you're running for specific packages. So you've got all these things that they'll be able to do early, especially the next two games against North Dakota and then they'll play uh, is it, what is it Georgia, Georgia Southern, Georgia, yeah. Georgia, Georgia Southern, Southern, right? So you've got those opportunities to be able to do that. And if I'm them, if I'm that second and third third guy, I don't care who it is, whether it's Purdy or, or some others, I am, I am studying my tail off. I'm watching film. I'm being ready as if I'm going in there because you never know when you're going to get that call. And it's the same thing in any sport, whether it's basketball, football, baseball. You can be sitting on the bench in a baseball game. Things can go topsy-turvy. The game ends up getting close. You're down five runs. Boom, you get three people on. Boom, you hit one in the gap. Next thing you know, they're either calling for a DH. Boom, another uh, a single. Now you're only down one run. The runner at first is not, you know, is not prepared. So you had to have been thinking many times before that, that I'm, I'm a base-stealing guy. I'm a speed guy. Let me start stretching. You know, don't don't go, don't wait till you get the call to be ready to go out there because they might call you to come run for this guy because you need to score. And so you're the next up guy. That's that's what I'm talking about about preparation. It was never going to happen for Stricky if I was not prepared and worked and worked in specific areas in order to be ready when your name is called because you just never know 
when your name's going to be called. Well, I think I think that's a that's a good transition for what we're going to talk about coming up next. Uh, we're going to check in on some former Husker connections in the NBA Summer League. I say connections because Teddy Allen and, and Dry Horn are also out there. But, of course, mainly looking at Bryce McGowan's Delano Banton. Each of those guys had a good game this weekend. Trey McGowan's is part of the discussion that kind of you're talking about. And I'll, I'll dive into that next is, is he's maybe not getting the minutes he wants yet. Uh, we kind of know his situation. He's got to be prepared to take advantage of it if he gets the opportunity. Uh, so uh, hopefully we'll, you'll we'll, you'll see it live out there in Vegas. So we'll see. We'll take it. Be pouting. <laughs> there we go. Can't be pouting. You got to be smiling and ready, baby. <laughs> we'll take a quick break. Talk NBA Summer League coming up next year on 93.7 The Ticket. <laughs> 